Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Oh, wait, 7-1400-106 is our uh, WhatsApp number. You can send us an email to afternoon at newstalk.com or you can follow us on Twitter. And just to remind you, this day week, Friday, the Mar- uh, March the 8th, it's International Women's Day. We will be hosting an, an International Women's Day special outside broadcast uh, in the Dean Townhouse on Harcourt Street in the centre of Dublin. It'll be an all-female uh, a set of interviewees, an all-female panel for Movies and Booze, and we're hoping for an all-female audience in association with our friends in Marks & Spencers. If you'd like to register to be part of the audience, newstalk.com forward slash events, newstalk.com forward slash events uh, is where you go. And if the tickets aren't gone now... Uh, and sometimes they are actually in the first hour uh, they, uh, and I have no word whether they're gone or not but uh, uh, get in there quick if you would like uh, 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 tickets to uh, come along and be with us next Friday. Brian Lloyd, Fanula Jones and Jean Smullen join us in the studio once again. Good afternoon to Hello. you all. Hello. Hi guys. Yes. Uh, so how, how how do you pronounce is it Dune? June? Dune. The move. Dune. Dune. Yeah, Dune. Like a sand dune. Yeah. That's kind of an american yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. We were talking about that yesterday and I was kind of nervous about it. I'd say Dune. Dune, yeah. yeah. I mean, they say Dune in the film, like, so. Yeah. yeah like Dune okay. the Veil. That's because they're Americans. True. Yeah. yeah. But I would say Dune. Yeah. Is Dune 2 then better than Dune 1? Um, yes. But yeah. not by, not by like, a massive margin. It's not as, as if necessarily that it's, like, completely smokes the original. It's more just that it's the con- it's the continuation of the story. And... Possibly even the culmination of the story. But, yeah, it's better than the first one. When you say possibly. <laughs> well, like, in the sense of, like, I mean, it's the thing of, it's very much, if they do end up making a third, I mean, okay, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself there, yeah. but there are, like, nine or ten Dune books that they could potentially Oh, keep. right, okay. Yeah, they could, I mean, this could t- potentially go on forever. Um, but the director of it, Denis Villeneuve, has kind of hinted that, you know, uh, maybe I've got one more movie in me and then I want to move on to something else. So they might possibly make a third one if this makes a bajillion dollars. But um, it, it's it's written in such a way that the final scene and it's pretty much, they can draw a line underneath it and if they okay. didn't make another one, that would be okay. Yeah. Was it, was it, actually, was it shot all in one go or did they come <clears> back to do? I think they came two. back. I think they yeah. came back to do certain parts of it. I mean, I know they shot a lot of it in Jordan. I think when Jordan went into lockdown and stuff like that they had to stop and then they came back but yeah I think it was like 70% of it was done and then they went into lockdown then came back and then did the last 30% and then it was just like the special effects were what kept it going for so long I imagine so yeah Mm. and uh, Lisa Frankenstein uh, yeah, an intriguing title. Yeah, it's Zelda Williams, who is Robin Williams' daughter. This is her directorial debut. It's written by Diablo Cody, who ah, did right. uh, who did Juno, who did um, that one young adult as well. Charlize Theron's brilliant film. Mm. Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, kind of like John uh, John Waters, the American John Waters. Yeah. Um, kind of harp just you have to clarify it that would be an, yeah I know but it would be an interesting film concept nonetheless <laughs> what? What? Yeah. let's move on past yeah, that which... for all sorts of legal reasons <laughs> that's why I clarified that's why I clarified um, so yeah it's kind of like John Waters horror comedy about a young girl in the 80s who 
reanimates a dead body uh, from a local graveyard and turns it into her boyfriend. So Yeah, okay. That'll be interesting yeah. to hear about. And our two wines today, Jane. We have a brand new Italian wine, a Suave M, which has just landed on our shores. And we've got the Gallagher family moved to um, Catalonia about uh, 20 odd years ago with their 10 year old son. And now they're making uh, wine. So it's a, a kind of a wine geese wine with a very interesting backstory. And in honour of Paddy's Day, which is just around the corner, right? Okay, yeah. We feature it, yeah. Okay, that's uh, and and there's so many Irish people, yeah, who pop up every now and again. Who have been well, doing I mean, it goes back. It goes back to the 17th century. The wine geese were, you know, the yeah. Irish emigrants who literally globally start. You know, mostly they they went for initially to Bordeaux, and um, then after that, they there's so many Irish people involved in wine on a global basis. Um, you know, I mean, well, we were a nation of uh, emigrants, so we're bound to get into the wine trade somewhere yeah. around the world at some point. You yeah, know? indeed. Uh, and going back to Dune, uh, yes. uh, Rebecca Ferguson, someone was screaming at her. Someone uh, on- was screaming at her. Yeah, a lot of talk about this story this week. She stars in Dune Part 2, but it wasn't on the set of Dune Part 2. It was a, a set a couple of years ago where she talked about this co-star who just seemed to scream and scream and scream at her and berate her, kind of said, you call yourself an actor, this is what I have to work with. It got to a point where she had to intervene and say, I'm not working opposite this person. Like, I'll work, I'll literally work opposite the back of this person's head. It's not fair that I'm being subjected to this. And was kind of arguing with the director at the time because that other star was number one on the call sheet. And they were trying to say, this person has to be here because they're number one on the call sheet. So obviously now there's tons of speculation as to who this person is. Ooh. You've had Emily Blunt has come out and said that it's not her because they work together on uh, The Girl on the Train and apparently they're very good friends, so her publicist says. Uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson has come out in defence of Rebecca Ferguson and is also very intrigued to know who it is. Like a couple of people, there's a lot of speculation. Like she's obviously started opposite alongside the likes of Tom Cruise, Michael Fassbender, Jake Gyllenhaal. But it's, mm. I think it's just more illustrative of the fact that these things happen on set all the time and we never hear about them because I think people were putting together the timeline of this and this happened like a good couple of years ago. So she's okay. been holding on to that and having to kind of live with it. And even when she's recounting this story on this particular podcast interview that she did, like she's getting, she's trying not to get upset mm. because it oh, was wow. such... She looked visibly upset. Yeah, I saw yeah. the interview, yeah. Like it just sounds like, watch it go. Imagine like you're just trying to do your job and someone is making it so much more difficult because of ego or whatever other reasons and is taking it out on a cast when at the end of the day ultimately they are all there with the one shared goal you would think it's to make to make the movie and to make it the best as possible you know like it's yeah. just I don't know well two people have said it wasn't them yeah and there's a, a, a short list of other people uh, you read out there. I mean, uh, I mean, Tom Cruise is not known for screaming at people on film sets, so it's definitely not him. Mm, no. Yeah, yeah, but I, I also that, uh, what was that movie called that she's in Michael Fassbender, Mr. Police? The Snowman. The Snowman, oh, but it's, I showed you the clues, Mr. Police, yeah. Um, that was a very difficult production, shoot. I think, and shoot. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know, and I know people will be like, why would she have said anything? Because it leads open to all this speculation and potentially we're talking to people who weren't involved at all and I understand that I don't think she was saying it to kind of start a witch hunt or anything I think she was just trying to be really honest about oh, the yeah, stuff sure. she had to deal with no that it's not her job to conduct a witch hunt it's ours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me put on my cap <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Brian, do you have any theories? Who it might oh, be? Who would you guess? Oh, if you had money, I mean, uh, who, would you, who would you put I it mean, on? Yes, I, uh, <laughs> so many. Yeah. So many. Can I say? I mean, I've, I'm so, like, I'm no, no. I should, who it I might should, have no. been in a, in a speculative, you know, a parallel universe. 
Can I can I really? Sean say? in the booth is going to cry. Please. Yeah. No, so I won't. no, no, no. Yeah, they're they're, 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 they're waving me off. Like and yeah. literally like see waving away from that. Like realistically, okay. the, whoever it is is never going to come out and be like, oh yeah, that was me. Sorry. Like it's just never going to yeah, happen. Yeah. Like no, so. that's true. Uh, or they, but they might come out and say, yeah, but she contact. All I'll uh, say is the person like, who is the lead suspect. I've heard stories about them before off the record, and it would not surprise me if it was this person. Okay. Is that okay? Okay, that's fine. Did no, I hasn't named anybody. No, legally wrong. Rot salt. Jump crew. No, no, me. no, not even. Uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> what? Right, and you did mention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Dwayne The Rock Johnson now like legally owns the term candy ass yeah, yeah. loads of words it's not an aspiration for he us he actually all. owns like 22 phrases now I'll, I'll call out the full list in a sec but basically to explain obviously for anyone who's not familiar or is only familiar with the Dwayne The Rock Johnson cinematic universe he was actually a very successful wrestler and that's yeah, when he broke sure. into uh, the industry and he's now joined the board of directors of TKO Group Holdings which is this group this company that was formed um, that's merged WWE and the UFC together um, and now as a result of that he's got all these like phrases and nicknames that he had kind of popularised in under his own like umbrella if he wants to make merch or whatever so the full list of stuff that he has rights to so he has The Rock obviously that's his name Rocky Mavia Team Corporate Mavia excuse me sorry she's not a wrestler girl um, Rock Nation The Nation Rudy Pooh Candy Ass Jabroni If You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking The Samoan Sensation The Blue Tri- Chipper The Brahma Bull The People's Champion The Great One Know Your Role And Shut Your Mouth Team Bring It The Rock Just Bring It The People's elbow rock bottom <laughs> finally the rock has come back to ellipsis it doesn't matter what ellipsis blue hell the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment project rock and rock apocalypse <laughs> so just to be clear and i yes. don't i am be giving poor sean a hard time in the box for all sorts of legal things if i turned to to brian and referred to him as candy ass for the rest of the show could the rock sue me no i don't think so no. but if it was just if you called brian a candy ass and then you were like i'm going to start selling t-shirts with the term candy ass on it now then yeah. you would get into trouble then but the if rock it specifically would be like, Hello. referred to if it was a picture of brian lloyd with the words candy ass underneath it could the rock sue me yes 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 yes, yes. yeah or, you're, you're, because are, are you well, no, I mean, whoever it is, like, yeah. it's, they would basically, he would have the ability to sue whoever it is that has the t-shirt candy ass because he now owns that phrase candy ass. Here's another one for you. Yeah. Gene Simmons owns the word OJ. What? Gene yeah. Simmons from Kiss trademarked the word OJ. As he, in orange juice? As in, no, yeah. OJ, just the words OJ, he owns yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Why, why OJ in particular? Just because, like, if, in case, like, I don't know, Sunny D or any, like, Sunkist or any, like, ju- juice manufacturers yeah. decided to use OJ, they would have to pay him a royalty for it, like. Yeah, oh, that's, that's kind ex- of smart. That's yeah, that's it. He's, that's apparently, kind of, yeah. apparently he owns, like, hundreds of, like, words and phrases, like, Ronnie James Dio, who was, like, the lead singer of the band Dio and Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, hates, hated Gene Simmons and like used to slag him off about the fact that Gene Simmons was buying up random names like just so he could make money off it. Like, which I don't I, like. I'm like, that's canny business. Yeah, it's like buying up domain names yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, it's clever. That like. was very cute. Uh, what about the Rock of Cashel? He doesn't own that. He one. doesn't own that yet. Yeah. Don't give him any ideas, oh listener. Uh, John, John says Rebecca Ferguson was confirmed. She was not talking about Hugh Jackman or Tom Cruise. 
Mystery no. remains unsolved, says John. Yeah. Okay. Mm. We continue to speculate. Mm. Okay, what did we drink first, uh, Now we talk about wine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Much safer. Okay. Um, this is, now, this is an Italian wine and there was a big Italian wine fair in Dublin in January, Borsavini, and there were... Um, about 30 producers came over uh, seeking representation. In other words, somebody to distribute their wines. And David Wheelahan came to the fair and he snapped this one up, this um, Gianni Tassari Suave. So this is the 2022 Gianni Tassari Suave. It's 20 euro and you'll get it in Wheelahan Wines in there in the Lachlanstown in the Silver Tassie, the old Silver Tassie. Now, Suave is a very famous white wine region in um, Italy. It's up there on the shores of Lake Garda, Bardolino. I was there in 2019. Beautiful place. And there's actually a town called Suave and we visited it. It's absolutely stunning. You know, I mean, it's, it's Italy like at its best. So, Gianni Tessari is actually a very well-known name in terms of uh, as a Suave producer. Like the family traced their roots back to 1616 and he's been making wine since the 1980s. Um, he actually works with his two daughters, Valeria and Alice, and he's got loads and loads of awards for his wine. So this is a very good example of this style of wine. Now, the thing about Italian wines is traditionally Italians like their white wines not to have too much colour, flavour or alcohol. So they usually ferment at a very low temperature because they like fairly neutral wines. But in more recent years, places in, in regions such as Suave, there's been a whole sea change in how they approach winemaking. And they're making wines with much more flavour and much more character. And certainly that's the case with this wine. This is made from two native grapes. Garganega and Trebbiano di Suave. It's got 85% Garganega and 15% Trebbiano in it. Um, this is just so vibrant. You've, you know, um, a bit of a cold, so I can't smell much, but I mean, mm. um, I can certainly taste. Even, even with the cold, I could certainly get lots of, you know, vibrant apple and pear aromas coming through. But when you taste this, it's got a gorgeous kind of acidity, it almost saline, it's almost salty. Um, it, it's got a kind of a, a, a nice oily, weighty texture. Mm. But funny enough, it's only 12.5% ABV. Really? So it's okay. not got a huge amount of alcohol in it. Um, apparently, uh, according to Shane in Wheelhands, this is walking off the shelves since they brought it in about two weeks ago. So if you're looking for something with two bank holidays coming up, everybody will be out, you know, because they'll be having friends over and whatever. Yeah. If you're looking to try something new and something different, this is a very good Suave. It actually got 89 out of 100 points out from Wine Spectator. So Gianni Tassari, Suave, 20 euro. Have it on your hit list for either Bank Holiday Easter or the Paddy's Weekend. I think yeah. it's lovely. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and the smell, I guess... Um just a little hint of candy ass. Yeah, from- I, I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely. What You're film would you like? What film would you like to talk about Dune first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dune 2 coming up after this. Movies and booze are Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk. Wadib. The Prophet. The one who points the way. These are our own religious patterns, aren't they? This is our doing. Muad'Dib means kangaroo mouse. An unusual war name for a Fremen. What if Polytreides were still alive? Enough! This must not come out. Even to your father's ears, understand? 
I do, Reverend Mother. Right, okay, that's uh, uh, June 2. Is it in the cinemas now? Yes. Yeah, okay, all right. So, so I suppose that uh, most hackneyed question, do you need to have watched the first yes. one to have a deal? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. No, you have to. I mean, like, it's part two. Like, it's just, you... Uh, okay, I mean, as the name I, implies. Yes. As the name implies. But yeah, I mean, the original novel that this is based on from 1967, like, it's this huge tome. Like, so you really do need to kind of... I have seen the first one in order to get it. It's not necessarily that you need to have read the book, but for anyone who isn't familiar with it, the story is set like 10,000 years in the future. Humanity now has the ability to travel through space, but um, governments have kind of reverted to this sort of neo-feudalist kind of thing where there are like these great houses and there's an emperor of the known universe who just happens to be Christopher Walken, mm. um, which is a great bit of casting because you just see him and it's like, what? Well, what? Why Christopher Walken? Why are you the emperor of the known universe? Ah, who else could it be? Who else really? could it be in yeah. fairness? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so what's going, this basically picks up right from where the last one left off. So uh, Timothy Chalamet's character, Paul Atreides, um, is leading this sort of guerrilla a revolution, if you like, on this planet called Arrakis that has this um, drug called Spice or Melange that it essentially gives people, when they huff it, it gives them like these superhuman powers, like they're able to see through like space and time and they're able to do like massive kind of like see all their genetic memories and all the rest of it. And uh, this other family have taken over the planet called the Harkonnens and they're led by Stellan Skarsgård and he looks completely unrecognisable. He's like 500 pounds and just looks horrible. And they're essentially like enslaving the the native people of the planet, the Fremen, who are led by um, Zendaya and Javier Bardem. And... I mean, if this kind of sounds a bit like Lawrence of Arabia, that's kind yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, that is kind of the point because Frank Herbert was influenced by Lawrence of Arabia and Denis Villeneuve, the director of this, was influenced by Lawrence of Arabia. But where it kind of not necessarily deviates is that where Lawrence of Arabia was kind of a bit of a white savior narrative, this kind of interrogates it in a much more deeper fashion, which is okay, so you have this person who comes in from nowhere and he's seen as this sort of like religious prophet, you know, that sort of, that he's going to lead the people to their ultimate victory. But then it's sort of, you know, what is loyalty and what is rad- radicalism? And, you know, just by harnessing that power, does that then make him a tyrant? And that's really what Dune is all about, is the idea of like, does all power corrupt ultimately in the end, you mm. know? And all while that is happening, you have this like incredible sci-fi blockbuster playing out like I mean this looks this reminded me of like seeing Lord of the Rings in the cinema for the first time like it's just incredible incredible visuals and even the artfulness of it as well is like even though like it's this really dense topic and you know it's you know it's 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 this like media franchise that has like like 20 books and tv series and all the rest of it even if you've only seen the first film you'll still get the significance of everything you'll still kind of be able to follow everything and track everything and yeah and it's really really good and it's really really dense and there's a lot of depth to it as well like they really do kind of like interrogate and intellectualize everything about it. It's not like just Star Wars where it's like blow stuff up and like good and bad and yeah, binary yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it was a cowboy film. Right? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Space opera. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. This is a lot more kind of dense. Like it is kind of, it's a bad kind of comparison but it would be closer to sort of like Game of Thrones with a sci-fi kind of perspective mm. on it. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, but even... 
because in the first th- that people the people do sit around and have conversations about yeah. what are we doing or what are you doing yeah. and, and uh, uh, was you didn't really see even that much in Game of Thrones no you yeah. didn't know and this like they do trying to like it is very much you understand why everyone's doing everything and even in the sense of like exposition and stuff like that like it's very much has that kind of tamped down and it's really just more about atmosphere and understanding people's motivations as opposed to being like why is this person so important or why are Mm. they doing this you know that sort of way like you don't really need to know you know the difference between like Shai Halud and Saudaukar or something like that doesn't mean anything really because it's all just kind of window dressing but you understand the significance of why Austin Butler's character you know, is so violent and so weird and kind of has a weird accent in it. And you understand why um, Timothy Chalamet's character is kind of reluctant at first, but then embraces the sort of the violence of it all. And even Javier Bardem's character, like he kind of, he's almost, you know, he starts off as this sort of like a kind of a mentor to Timothy Chalamet's character. But by the end, he's almost like a religious zealot, like, you know, that sort of way. And again, you see the motivations. It's very clearly run through the film. Okay, yeah. And and the CGI, because we've almost got to the point now where very CGI-heavy films, we've got so used to seeing it that, I don't know, pe- people are imagining they oh, can yeah. see the joins or, uh, yeah. or they can actually see the joins. No, uh, and this, like, it's done very artfully. Like, it's very much, there's a texture to it that I don't think a lot of, you know, you look at Star Wars, you look at any of the Marvel films, they don't tend to have the same level of, I don't want to say reality is not the right word, but I guess like sort of, it looks real or it, it, at least it's done in such a way that the physics of it makes sense. If you mm, know what I, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, there's a kind of, can be a flatness, an correct. art flatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this doesn't have it all. There's a real depth to it. There's real texture to it. And even the fact that like it's used very tastefully, like, you know, it's shot in Jordan out in Wadi Rum and they use as much of the natural background as they possibly can. Yeah. And then they just kind of add a little small little bits to kind of make it look a little bit more other I mean I was in Wadi Rum and I've seen it and it looks very much like what it is in Dune like it is the the richness of the sand like the colour how it pops out and everything and even just the heat of it like you can see them like physically like pumping sweat Mm. and all the rest So is the entire film just set in one place or? No 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 it kind of dips all over the place like I mean there's one sequence of it that's shot in black and white and it's on um, the Harkonnen's home planet and it's this sort of like kind of like Gladiator or like you see Austin Butler's character in this big huge arena uh, kicking the crap out of 20 people and that just kind of sets the the, the I guess the the atmosphere for him that you know, he's mm. this really dangerous character um, and the music as well that's another point as well like Hans Zimmer who did the soundtrack for this like mm. he was very much influenced by like kind of prog rock like Emerson Lake and Palmer Jesus and how old is Hans Zimmer at this stage of the I, game? I don't know he's like 65, 70 or something like that. but, but he like, must he's be older cranking, than that I'd say but he's cranking them out like yeah, I mean and yeah. he's fantastic in this like you know like the music and it really does just set the atmosphere and again gives it that reality gives it that texture so yeah, yeah. okay so you're, you're absolutely totally on board. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It is brilliant. Like people are going to be talking about this that they saw it in cinema the same way people talked about seeing Empire Strikes Back and Lord of the Rings and stuff. Okay, like. all right. So uh, Oscar time, perhaps wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, what, I mean, it'll clean up in the technical category. Yeah, hundred percent of the clean up in the technical. Category. It might. It might. I mean, you know, people didn't think Return of the King was going to get into Best Picture and all the rest of it, and it did. I mean, I could see it. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that. Now, as uh, people know, that uh, it's been we've been waiting on it for a long time. The new Superman movie, uh, 
Uh, now, originally called Superman Legacy, um, but they've announced the new name for it. They've announced the new name, guys. Oh my Are you God, ready? Tommy. Are you ready? ready? We're ready. We're ready. The new Superman film is called... Yes. Superman. Genius. Absolute genius. Yeah. Yeah. They've started shooting it now and uh, James Gunn announced the names change this week. We'll get it July 2025. Uh, Just to remind people of the cast, we have David Cornsweet. He's in a lot of Ryan Murphy shows. He's playing Superman, the Superman in question. Um, And then we have Rachel Brosnahan. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is uh, Lois Lane. And then Nicholas Holt is uh, Lex Luthor in this. Right. Okay. And do we have any idea like what what Superman does in this? What's happening? No, I don't think so yet. I think they're trying to keep that fairly locked down. I think a lot of pressure on this, I would imagine. But um, I don't know. Can it be any worse than Man of Steel? I mean, they're going for, from what I understand of it, they're going for a more kind of like, gee willikers, Superman kind of thing. Oh, really? But that's not bad. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of Superman. Superman is that he's meant to be this sort of like painfully uncool dude. Like, yes, I mean, you go yeah. back and look at Christopher Reeve. Like, I mean, to mm. me, that's the quintessential Superman as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And when he walks out as Clark Kent, he's a dork. Like, and yeah. then Margot Kidder is like the kind of snappy girl Friday kind of thing going on. And that's very much kind of in the casting as well, because Rachel Brosnahan is very much that kind of. She's got a lot of moxie, yeah, kind of thing. Um, if you watch, but just you know, <laughs> well, what, I mean, what era? Yeah. What era are they setting this in? I, it's it, probably modern times, but it's going to have yeah, that nineteen forties Art Deco yeah. kind of yeah. vibe to it. More fun, I suppose, because Man of Steel yeah. was so dour. Oh. Like it was just so. This is so serious, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Amy Adams. I or know. Amy Adams. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll work. And uh, Eva Longoria is now in Only Murders in the Building. It's season four of that. My gosh. Season four. And it seems yeah. like the stars want to be in this because it's not just Eva Longoria. L- Eugene Levy has signed up as a recurring role as well. And Meryl Streep is returning uh, for her character. And then we also have Molly Shannon is due to appear as well. This seems to be like the, the series du jour to want to work on. Uh, we don't know a lot about plot details, but I think the main characters are making a trip to Los Angeles before inevitably returning to New York. So again, it means nothing to me because I've yet to watch. I've Maybe never seen an episode really? of it. Yeah. Oh, you'd like it. Yeah. The two of you would like it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Okay, I'm going to yeah. watch it all before. But are, are they stretching credulity with, you know, there's a murder in our building? No, I mean, no. in the third one, that is it. The, the, the whole point, it's not set in the building, it's set right. in the theatre nearby okay. kind of thing. Like, And again, it is, it's quite self-aware. Like, it is aware of the fact that it's like, what, this is going to happen again to us? Like, I mean... But yeah, it's good. It's 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 enjoyable, and like Meryl Streep is very funny in it as well. So. Yeah, she can be very funny. And Paul Rudd as well is yeah. great in it too. Yeah. Okay, God, yeah. everyone's in it then. They do, it's a lot of those New York shows. Like they can yeah. just like kind of roll people in like to it because they yeah. normally all live in New York. I, I must say, I, I Martin Short, I've always found him a bit annoying. Really? Yeah. And he's going out Meryl Streep now. Is he? Yeah. That's the rumor. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. The thing again, what was the thing uh, Martin Short was in where he played a really creepy guy? Uh, Santa Claus Three. No. Okay. Close no, it was, it was, it was, was it a true life thing? He played a real person, but he was really kind of, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Are you thinking of Steve Carell and Foxcatcher? Oh, yeah. that's creepy, but no. Yeah, but Mar- Mar- Martin Short was in, Martin Short was uh, um, Steve Carell's friend in. Oh, um, uh, the morning show. Morning, morning show, show, yes. Yeah, yeah, and season, he, yeah. he was actually creepy in that. That's sorry. That's creepy. In that's it, yeah, the way it. I. Uh, that's the way I communicate. Jerry, I'm out with the hair, uh, <laughs> uh, and he's only got four fingers on one hand. Creepy fella. Yeah, the creepy fella. Yeah, he was good in that. Yeah, but uh, as a comedian, I've always found him kind of annoying. He's just because he's very over the top and like kind of like jittery and kind of like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Calm down. Stop drinking coffee. Yeah, really. but like that's God. his whole shtick. Like that is no, his, whole, his whole family are from Armagh as well, from Cross McGlen. Really, shorts of Cross McGlen. They are the same shorts. 
God. There you go. Now we've pissed off the shorts from Cross McGlenn. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please escort from me home then. Right. <laughs> Movies and booze on Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk. Anyway, Jean, let's uh, let's uh, toast the success and talk about the red wine. Okay, today. now this this one has a lovely story. This is the 2021 Diga, and it's 27 euro. Now, Diga means tell me in Spanish, and this is this is a wonderful story. Uh, John and Joan Gallagher uh, moved to Catalonia um, 22 years ago when their son Tom was 10. And they run a boutique hotel, which is very well known. And, you know, it's apparently fabulous. So anyway, fast forward. And of course, growing up in a wine region, Tom decides, I'm going to buy a vineyard. You know, he's in his 30s now, as you do. do. Yeah. And he, this is the first vintage of a single vineyard, organic Montsant. That's the name of the region. And it's made, they they work with a a very well-known Catalan winemaker called Tony Coca, which is a great name for a winemaker. So you'll get this in neighbourhood wines, which is mixed place, and also wine centre in Kilkenny, Corkscrew and Harry Street, Ardkeen stores, Clontarf wines. Um, it's also served by the glass, believe it or not, in a dare manner in the Whoa. K Club, Anair, which Ooh. is the Michelin star restaurant in Galway, so and Cashel Palace Hotel. So it's, you know, posh people like yeah, it. Like it too, great. yes. But the other thing which I love about it, and I'm just holding this up because we're on radio and everybody can see, <laughs> it's actually the, the painting on the bottom. It's a lovely label. It really it's a is a lovely, lovely label. Yeah. And there's no writing on it at all. There's 2,400 bottles of this produced. And the, an Irish artist called Mark Redden did this. And each label is individually numbered as you would in a painting, right? Like all a original right. painting. And um, Joan Gallagher wrote um, a little poem. The vines have spoken, the curragh eases to shore the wild geese are home. So that's on the back of the label. Now, this is a blend of Garnacha or Grenache and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's 50-50 of each. And um, it's fermented in stainless steel um, to, you know, to keep the purity of fruit. Um, the signature style is freshness. This has lots of strawberry um, fruit on it. And it's a cool climate red wine. And again, only thir- like. Here, this is next door to Priorat, and this is literally next door to Priorat, which is one of the two Spanish regions that is a DOCA, which is the highest level of quality. And it's high altitude, so it's cool climate. You know, they, it gets cooler in the evening, so the grapes are fresher. So even though it's the Mont Saint Dio, it's actually literally, it's a spit away from Priorat, where you're going to get some really, really amazing quality wines. Yeah. This is an amazing quality red wine. Um, it's not cheap, twenty-seven euro. But seriously, Paddy's Day is coming up. If you want to fly yeah. the Irish flag, this is an uh, uh, a Spanish wine with an Irish connection. And I'll just give you—I'm not going to smell it because I can't smell. But oh, it's gorgeous! No, that's fabulous. That it's really is lovely. Re- I love it. Yeah. Bit of spice. That really is nice. Oh, yeah, go out and get it. Yeah. Diga. Yeah. And and if you're in any of those posh restaurants, have a glass while you're at it. Okay, yes, indeed. Uh, right, so, uh, uh, Fanula, the, uh, the, 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 is it a kind of a trailer for the Crow reboot that they've... They've released. We don't have a trailer, it? but we yeah. have kind of first look images. I think it was Vanity Fair had them. Um, so this Corey boot is coming later this year. It's out June 27, 2024. Rupert Sanders is directing. He hasn't done really kind of much at Snow White and the Huntsman, Ghost, Ghost Michelle. Um, it's Bill Skarsgård is playing Eric Draven uh, and he's starring opposite uh, FK Twigs uh, he plays Eric Draven uh, who along with his lover Shelley they're brutally murdered 
um, when demons of her past catch up to them and he is kind of reincarnated and has to avenge both of their deaths. I suppose why this is significant is, for anyone that's not familiar, um, there was a 1994 version and that's kind of the the ultimate version in some people's minds because it starred Brandon Lee, who was yeah. the son of yeah. uh, martial arts legend Bruce Lee. He was killed on set in a firearm stunt that went wrong. Um, and he was on the process of becoming this huge star. So like, it, it's, I don't know, is this kind of, should they have not gone near this? And I, I think based Ooh, on some of the yeah. reaction to the pictures, I think it's very Joker-esque in terms of the, again, obviously radio, not a visual medium, but Bill Skarsgård is kind of all tatted up and it's very... I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how they've been this trying is to do one for years. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. They've been trying to like like make a new crow for years. And there was a TV series as well, like that was pretty terrible. Like so mm. I don't know. It's a bit yeah, I seen the I seen the pictures as well, like and it was kinda like uh, I don't know. Like Bill Skarsgård is a great actor, I think, and FK Twigs. I'd be really interested to see what she would do with something like this. But I think this is one of those things where and Rupert Sanders, like he's he has great visuals. Like, I mean, I actually liked the um, Ghost in the Shell, the live action one he did with Scarlett Johansson. I actually thought it was pretty underrated. But um, I don't know about this. Yeah, he said their chemistry was very good. He didn't mm. kind of, never he, that never came into question at all. But I don't know. And Every time yeah. I look at Bill Skarsgård in the makeup, it just reminds me of that other actor, that child actor in Love Actually. That child actor in Love Actually, but in like goth makeup. Are you joking? <laughs> he's in no. Um, he's in che- Netflix chess thing. Oh, Queen's Gambit. What is that actor's uh, name? Oh my god. Anyway, oh my god. it just I keep, I keep seeing those pictures and I'm like, what is this child? Why is this child wearing so much eyeliner? Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It, it, he's yeah. an unusual name. This isn't helping. Someone is screaming at the radio now, and I'm sorry. But anyway, the, anyway, if for anyone who is looking forward to that, it's out June 27th, 2024. Okay, all right. And is this uh, is FKA Twigs acted before? I don't think so. I think this might be her first kind of big project. But like she's very, is very involved in uh, her music videos and the kind of direction and stuff like that. Yeah. Has she gone out with Robert Patterson? She was, yeah. Patterson. Yeah. Pat, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Patterson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That ended very acrimonious. That must have been a challenging uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure she's suing him for all kinds of manners of abuse. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, we'll move on to our second movie of the day. It is Lisa Frankenstein. Here's a clip. I'm really sorry you got electrocuted, Lisa. I'm fine. Let's wrap. How are you liking Brookview so far? It's fine. It's the same as my old school. Are you hot for anyone? Come on. Lisa. Lisa! Lisa, 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 Lisa. Michael Trent. I don't know what that is. He's the editor-in-chief of The Grapple. Lit Mag. High school literary magazine. Does he lunch on or off campus? Off. BK or White Castle? Neither. Does he have more of a basketball bod or a football bod? He doesn't play sports. He's cerebral. Hmm. 
yeah. not sold by the clip, I must say. Is is this so? Is this set very much in an era and kind of? Oh yeah, leverages, yeah, it's like yeah. nineteen, yeah, like mid nineteen eighties. Yeah, it's very much kind of yeah leveraging that. Like you know, Catherine Newton's character is dressed like a cure head. Like she's got like right. you know, the <laughs> eyeliner and the big frilly thing and all the rest of it. Uh, Carla Gugino plays her stepmother, and she's like walking around with a Walkman and listening to these like Tony Robbins <laughs> personal affirmations. Sometimes these uh, when movies are depicting an era, they're far more era-ish than that era actually was in reality. Like it's very arch, like yeah, 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 yeah. But again, films from that era were like that. Like you look at Heather's, you look at like Serial Mom, you look at yeah. any of John Waters yeah. stuff, like they do kind of like crank all the pastel and the shoulder pads yeah. up to 20, you like. And this is very much doing that as well. Um, it does have a, you know, what I would say is, is that it's a film that is referencing all these great films. Like another one that references is like Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which is this Pedro Almodovar mm. film. Um, it's referencing all these films. It's inspired by all these films. It's just never as good as any of those films. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's still funny. Like it still has kind of a bit of a wicked sense of humor. Like I think Diablo Cody as a writer, I think she's better when she's doing kind of horror comedy as opposed to drama. Like, you look at Jennifer's body and that's just become this kind of modern cult hit, like, and you look at Juno and people still kind of find that very, very funny. Um, And this, I think, will probably have, in about 10 years' time, people would be saying this is another kind of cult hit as well. Um, Catherine Newton, like I said, she's a very kind of, um, she kind of reminds me of sort of like a really young Jamie Lee Curtis in that like she's really kind of like a physical okay. actor like she's mm. really good at like doing kind of like slapstick stuff and Carla Gugino as well she's very funny in it like she's able to do like prissy and that kind of like wide-eyed kind of freaky kind of thing um, and Cole Sprouse I mean he plays the the Frankenstein of the piece and again he's playing it in a very kind of physical way he has no uh, lines in it or whatever um, it's enjoyable like it's an interesting piece of counter programming to Dune part 2 like because Dune is obviously this big huge sci-fi blockbuster and this is like this weird quirky zom rom teenage comedy kind of thing um, it's not for everybody but yeah. it's worth it's a beautiful uh, when you say zom like the basic the, the elevator oh, yeah, pitch sorry, to the what elevator pitches is yeah so she's basically quirky got uh, her mother was killed um, by an axe murderer her, her, her father has remarried her mother is her stepmother is this preppy kind of Carla Gugino thing um, and she becomes obsessed with this uh corpse that she finds in a cemetery she digs it up and manages to reanimate it with uh, one of those you. cannon beds yeah yeah like it's very like again very John Waters like <laughs> yeah, with, then, then they go on a kind of uh, they go on a sort of like um they start killing people around town that have pissed her off like and then they chop off like their hands and he sews on her hand and again very John Waters um and yeah that's basically the elevator pitch and like right. the two of them it's kind of like Bonnie and Clyde Heather's, you know, yeah. he's the Christian Slater <laughs> character, except he's dead. Ah, no, I like it now. Yeah, yeah no, it's fun. Like, yeah. I, I, I was enjoying it as I was watching it, and I kind of walked out, and I was like, okay, Grant, and just yeah. went about the rest of my day. Like, it didn't blow me away, I would say. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and that there's so many... So many films have kind of been in that, in that, in that kind space, of era. as they say. Yeah, and yeah. as well, like, again, better ones. Like, I mean, it's very, it's very much trying to evoke that era, trying to evoke those films, but never kind of touches... Um, the greatness of those films, I would say. It's yeah. just sort of like, kind of like a, it's like watching a really good cover band. You're doing very, very well. There's a lot of technical craft here. I think Zelda Williams has a great career ahead of her. Um, Diablo Cody obviously knows what she's doing, but I've seen 
this done better, but it's still fine for all yeah. of this. Okay. Uh, speaking of, uh, almost like a cover band, there's a new Tron uh, uh, movie coming. When was the original of that? Late 70s? Well, they, but then there was the one afterwards, Tron Legacy, yeah. with the really uncanny valley, Jeff Bridges. And, yeah. Yeah, the original one was like 1970. I think Jeff Bridges was in the original. He was in the original. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 This is Tron Aries, I think. It's been directed by Joachim Ronin. Uh, they originally had Joseph Kaczynski, who did Top Gun Maverick, our favourite movie, um, but he exited the project. Uh, it's going to star Jared Leto, um, and instead of it, it's kind of instead of someone being sucked into the grid, it's something digital being sucked out into the real world. Oh, right, very okay. menacing. Yeah. So that is coming. They're hoping for a 2025 release date. It's currently in production. So, but if people want to see Jared Leto looking scary in a suit, then you can look for that online. Yeah. You don't have to look far enough. You actually don't <laughs> yeah, have to look that really, far yeah. though. Yeah, that's true. Scary yeah. Fair point. It's also kind of the plot of Wreck It Ralph as well. Yeah. Uh, I, um, Which is probably going to be a better movie yeah. uh, uh, than that. This is. Why do you see the thing for a movie like that? Why are they making a movie like that? It's not going to have the kind of epic uh, tentpole kind of scale of a Tron or, or, or a, of a, um, a Dune. Well, no, but like say, Tron but Legacy was a big hit. Like, was it? Was yes. it? Yeah. Yes. The but soundtrack. Like, people wouldn't shut up about yeah, that. Yeah, but was that not, Yeah, but that was just the soundtrack with Daft Punk. And the people liked the movie. Well. Yeah, but when people like, was that? What about the plot? I mean, no, the plot was terrible. I'm not, okay, I'm not, I'm yeah. not, hold on. I'm not defending the film. I'm just saying this film did hey. very well and a lot of people liked it and the visuals and the soundtrack and all the rest of it. It wasn't a good film. Like, it's one of those films that, like, if it was on in the background, it would be ambient. Like, you know, that kind of way. It's pretty, pretty to look <laughs> That's at. That's a good idea. That's a new ambient movie. It is, That's yeah. A, there's loads of movies that kind of like that. Yeah, it's just ambient films. They're on in the background. They look pretty. You don't, once you pay attention to it, you're like, oh God, this is terrible. Like, yeah. Don't like Black Rain. Did you ever see Black Rain? Oh God, Michael yeah. Douglas. Yeah. Looks amazing, but then you watch it and it's like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. 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 And he's groaning getting off the motorcycle yeah. as well half the time. Gene, what are the names of the two wines again? Lots of people want, okay. to, want to repeat there's them. There's the uh, uh, Gianni Tassari Suave 2022. It's uh, 20 euro and you'll get that in Whelan's wine. And then the Irish one is the Diga and it's the uh, it's from Monsant and it's in independent off licenses and it's 27 euro fantastic stuff thanks very much Jean and Brian and Fanula and that's our lot movies and booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on news talk